Welcome everyone to episode 111 of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Ben Wilson. Today we are talking about devotions and homeschooling, and to do so, we are joined by my mom, Debbie Wilson. She has a ton of great suggestions, and we hope this helps and encourages you. But before we begin, I also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. You can check out a free demo of their new 4.0 version of the curriculum over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Well, let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Yeah, we're going to get jump right in because uh, as we record this, uh, the presidential debate starts in about 30 minutes, and I know Ben would like to watch that, and I think Debbie would like to watch it. I am not watching it because I can't handle the drama. Um, so, um, But we want them to get to it and you to get to it. So this is kind of like a warm-up uh, for the presidential debate, and we're going to do the thrilling topic of um, choosing devotions for your, for your homeschool, and I know... Uh, Someone had asked that question, and and Debbie has some great thoughts, and Debbie has a lot of wisdom as she's tried things that have succeeded and tried things that have um, not succeeded. Um, but I'll just ask, we'll just start right in there. So, honey, um, how much of a priority do you put on the devotions Bible time in our homeschool? I think it's the most important thing you can study with your kids. Um, but I think when we have busy days, we tend to think that the three R's are the most important. So we, if we have to skip something, we often skip that. Um, until one year I realized that if I skip everything else, but don't skip that, then I will have accomplished what matters most. So I put a high priority on it. Yeah. And I mean, has it, have you always found it easy to find something to do or, you know, how's that been over the years? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's hard, especially if you're juggling a lot of ages. Um, but I don't know. I, I tend to, I tended to use, um, curriculums that were kind of all in one. And for some reason I never loved, uh, what they used or picked for Bible it, or for whether you want to call it Bible or devotions, I'm kind of calling that the same thing. Um, so I often would use the, the program but then do something else on my own for Bible and devotions. Um, and yeah, sometimes it was a hunt to find something that worked for everyone. But... Well, before we jump into maybe some of your, your picks or some of your favorites, how do you feel like uh, the, that part of school has gone so far this year? Well, <laughs> um, I'm trying something new. And I'm hesitant to name it because I think a lot of people like it, but I'm not loving it so far. So we'll see. I was just thinking about switching to something else today, actually. So uh, it's going okay, but not as good as last year. And really, you don't even know that until you start. I mean, because th some things come super highly recommended, I assume. And you're like, I don't like it. And it, there's nothing wrong with kind of switching midstream or not even midstream, just as you put your foot in the water. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something you have to kind of acquire as you kind of start to get used to something like this is not related to homeschooling, but you know, I have certain hobbies that I'm into, you know, and as I've gotten more developed tastes for certain things, as soon as I find something in that hobby, like that, I know I'm not going to like, it takes me like two seconds. And it's just like, I just know 
this is not going to be me, you know, and it's like, it's not even, you don't even have to try for super, super long time, you know, and if you're feeling that, I think that it's okay to listen to that. I think mom's been pretty good about, you know, not, not being stuck to something for a year, you know, a year because she just, you know, bought it, but hates it and uh, long-term knows it. Cause then again, if you haven't ever sold anything on eBay or locally, there's a lot of ways you can, especially right now, I was actually talking to somewhere where she said like used homeschool curriculum is actually, you know, very selling for a decent amount because, you know, so many people are trying to homeschool. So if you buy something and you just can't stand it, then, you know, the investment may actually not be that much, you know, you might be able to flip it and get the next thing. So, um, but kind of, I guess then, you know, getting into what have been some of your favorite devotions for over the years then? Well, um, I have a lot <laughs> and I tried to break it down kind of by, um, you know, early years, kind of middle years and more high school years. Um, and, um, I actually borrowed from you, Ben, the, one of my very favorites, starting as toddlers. So um, that was a, another thing. Um, a lot of times we did it at bedtime, but one thing even with toddlers that's good to do when you're homeschooling a bunch of kids is to go ahead and do something just with the toddler before, right when you're starting school, read them their own little book. Um, and that just helps kind of settle them and make them feel like they had some good mommy time. And then they'll, they'll, typically play a little more contentedly if you've um, given them some of your undivided attention before you work with the rest of the kids. But it's this one, the Baby Bible Storybook. Um, it's written for toddlers. And um, one of the things I love about it is it's, it's interactive with the child. So it's very simple what you're reading. But for example, it'll say, um, Abraham and Sarah were sad because they didn't have a baby. And then you could say, show me a sad face or um, God promised Abraham and Sarah a baby boy and as many children as there were stars in the sky. And then it talks about counting the stars or at the end, it talks about baby Isaac being born and it says, hold your arms and like act like you're rocking the baby. So it's just has them do motions. It's very simple. And I think it's a great first Bible for toddlers. Um, and then... Uh, after, <clears throat> excuse me, after that one, we often did this beginner's Bible. And the thing I like about this is twofold. The, it's short enough um, for a, a toddler and just a little bit older than a toddler to listen to. But then it also makes a good comeback around to devotional when your child is a beginning reader. It's... Um, I guess it's maybe not a brand new reader, but when they're just, they're kind of reading on their own, it's a really good book for to go back through and have them read on their own. So I like that one. Um, and then I have a bunch of little devotionals that are kind of classics. I think anything by Kenneth Taylor, I've always liked, um, which I, I was I printed out a list. Um, there's a book called Everything a Child Should Know About God, which is like good for three to five-year-olds, and The Bible in Pictures for Little Eyes by Kenneth Taylor. Um, but some of my favorites, and I went through, through these as a kid myself. This one looks old. It's called Little Visits with God, and uh, it's pretty short, as well as this one, Leading Little Ones to God. Um, 
this one's a little bit longer, so maybe a tiny bit older. Sorry, I have to keep leaning over. No, okay. um, my picture Bible. This one's nice for younger kids because it has good pictures, but then not very much reading since they don't have a very long attention span. Um, that one's by Gilbert Beers. Hold the hold it up just a little. Uh, the next one, just hold it up a hair longer, Debbie, just so they can okay. see the cover. And you are like a square, so you can't see the edges very much. So it's like about okay. about four Here's, inches past your shoulders. Another one called "101 Favorite Stories from the Bible." Again, the pictures are nice to look at, and you can see it's not too much text. Um, that's by someone named Yura Miller, and then. For just reading Bible stories, um, as the kids get a little older, this one's a great one. It's Edgar Meyer's Bible storybook. Um, it has pictures every so often, but it's just really conversationally written. So I really like this one. And then this is also a good one, the children, the child's story Bible by Catherine Voss. Um, it has a lot more uh, wording, you can see that. Um, so I would, you know, have this be slightly older kids, but it's it's really well written as well. I you want me to keep going or stop? Sure. Okay. Um, when I got to the middle years, I liked to do a lot of um, like when you've kind of done the Bible stories a lot. I liked to do a lot more of things that are devotional in nature. <laughs> So this is another one by Kenneth Taylor, Devotions for the Children's Hour. Um, not Now there's not so many pictures. It's more just like devotions. The cool thing about, Sorry, uh, so the, cool thing about the Bible is it doesn't change. So, you know, even if something's older, you know, it doesn't, the, the yeah. content it's based on still just as relevant now as, you know, it was 20 years ago. So uh, that's, you know, kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. Age doesn't matter that much. Some of the devotional some of the devotionals probably date themselves a little, but right. um, these are some other kind of classics that I went through with all the kids. This one's called A Hive of Busy Bees. I went through one. it as a kid as well, and there's a sequel to that. And then um, the Miller series, Wisdom and the Millers, they're just stories um, and little devotionals. There's like four or five of them in this series. Is that the Ro and, is that a Rod and Staff book? Yeah, that one... Well, it's Green Pastures Press, but Rod and Staff might sell it. I don't know. And and I saw on the comments yesterday that that a couple of people said that they liked the Rod and Staff devotionals. Yeah, I've never used those, but yeah, I'm sure they're good. Um, last year, I came across a couple new ones that I really liked. Um, this one's called Indescribable, and it looks kind of young, the artwork, but I went through it with a 11 and 13 year old. And the great thing about this one is it combines science things with biblical truths. And it's really interesting and a really good book. 100 Devotions About God and Science. And then I, I did this one too, which is called The Ology. And it goes through um, basic theology. And it's short and understandable, but covers a lot. So I really liked those two last year. 
And a lot of these would be then, kind of supplemental to maybe, you know, reading from the actual Bible as a family. And, you know, this is right. not necessarily, especially as they get older, like only this is their only Bible, you know, the one that has the signs or whatever. I mean, that's, that's, you know, cause I know I've had some friends where they're like, well, I just don't like, you know, I want them to read the real words. And it's like, well, you know, a sick four year old isn't necessarily going to be understanding much of what, you know, you know, so these are, I think super beneficial. And I remember a lot of these, they're great. Yeah. And a lot of them start with a verse so you can look mm -hmm. up the verse and read it together. And this one has scripture over here in this part, always verses that tie in with what the ology was. Um, this one is by the authors of the beginner's Bible, which was um, this one. So mm -hmm. it's for older kids and it's just called day by day devotions, seven minute character growing devotions. So I did that one year, just read through it with the kids and um, it, it actually coordinates with the day by day kids Bible. You're supposed to read the passage out of that first and then do this. Um, and then as the kids um, get more independent, junior high, high school age, I have um, several that I would recommend. Um, I'll just call this picture Bibles for lack of a better word. There's several, but I think especially junior high type age boys like these kinds that are kind of like comics or cartoons. This one's called the action Bible, same type of thing. Um, and it, it kind of skips over some of the harder passages that you might not want them to just read on their own. And so um, I like that. This one is by Star Mead. It's called Teaching Hearts, Training Minds. And it's kind of based on the catechism. So if that's appealing to you, that's what that covers. I remember, yeah, the action, or I don't know if it was the action Bible, but the cartoon one, like, obviously, like, you know, it was something like during breakfast sometimes that I would just read through because it really just makes kind of the history of it all, all actually come alive. Cause sometimes you don't really remember like these were actual, you know, Kings and, you know, armies and, you know, God right. was doing all of this. So I think that was really cool. Um, obviously yeah. it's not like, you know, I mean, you know, reading the Bible, but it's really good. Yeah. This is the one you use, Ben. That's why oh, it's yeah. dilapidated. There's no cover left. I don't think nice. I can't even tell you. I didn't know we still had it. I thought it probably just got thrown away or something. No. Um, one of my sons in junior high is going through this on his own right now. It's called the one year Bible for kids. And I'm sure you're all familiar with the one year Bible. Um, but it has some application type of thoughts and questions afterwards. Um, so I really like that for them reading through the Bible on their own. And then I was, I meant to look up this author. We did this one year. It's yeah. a commentary series by Nancy Gans, G A N Z. And this one's just on Exodus, but she has it on several other things. It's a commentary for children. And wow, this was really, really um, powerful. So mm -hmm. I would I would say older kids for that one as well. And check out the whole series um, and see what you think. And then all of my last, I can't remember, Ben, if I had you do this, but I've had all the rest. <clears throat> when they get to high school... I have them do this study. It's called the most important thing you'll ever study. 
and it's a survey of the Bible. And so there's two for the Old Testament, two for the New Testament. And you just you just go through it and it guides you through what to read and then it answers asks you questions. But it's it's totally independent. They can just do it completely on their own and at the end um, I only make them do one book per year. So at the end of their four years, they will have done a survey of the whole Bible. And then um, another thing I wanted to mention, because my dad taught me this, and it's I've done this over the years with the kids too, is called an ABC Bible study. And that's just where you just pick any passage of the Bible and you have all the kids, this is when they could all read themselves, read it. And then you write an A, B, C on your paper, and A would be application. Um, what do you think this passage or it was about? And then B is best verse. You have each of your kids pick what verse spoke to them. And then C stands for contract, meaning how can you apply this to your life? And so it's super simple, but you can have some really good, you know, meaningful mm. devotions and, and, um, have the kids really learn how to kind of study a passage on their own by doing that and then sharing yeah. what you've learned. So I totally remember that one. That one definitely stood out. That one and the Exodus that. one, I remember the most, really? I feel like, over the years. Uh, really, really good. <laughs> but before we go into a couple more questions, I want to real quick just want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Spine Homeschooler podcast. Um, they have a new version of the curriculum, which is 4.0, launching here soon. It uh, gives a new sketch mode, bunch of new um, audio. You can do uh, search through the whole curriculum. So if, you know, towards the end of the year, if you need to look a reminder how to do something basic, you can search for it and it'll show you all the lectures and stuff that have those problems in there and teach you how to do them. Um, and, and it's just going to be a really great upgrade. And uh, it's free if you already have 3.0. Or you can go check out a free demo or view a free trial over at their website, tdtextbooks.com. Uh, let me just mention too that I'm sure there's several other great ones that I didn't mention that are maybe newer that I haven't used. Um, there's a couple other kind of more independent studies that I've, I've purchased and kind of used, but I can't remember if we used it all the way through. Kate Arthur has some inductive Bible studies for kids and um, also Quest um, Explorers Bible studies for kids. I've, I've purchased those in the past and I'm not sure we got all the way through it but those are some options for slightly older kids mm -hmm. too so anyway I think that's a nutshell well I was gonna ask Whatever. you Debbie um you know what are some that didn't work for you but I think I'll skip that because I don't want you to have to feel like you know you're gonna ruin somebody else's idea um okay. but what makes what makes a good one <laughs> your opinion you know because I know there are a lot of moms out there thinking oh man, you know, we have to spend a long period of time. My kids don't even seem like they're interacting with it. They don't seem like they're very spiritually motivated. What makes a good devotional for you? Or what do you expect in your time with the kids? Uh, well, this is just for me. Um, it needs to be the right length. Um, I know long would be great, but long just doesn't work out very well so if it's just too long it just doesn't tend to What's work too long for you i mean just a generalization um just page after page of reading i mean 
if it can't be, you know, kind of condensed to a, a page or two or a couple pages, two to three, um, or, you know, less, I, it's just, it's hard for, it's just hard to kind of hang with. Um, an exception to that was the commentary series. I, I'd read several pages out of that, but that was, again, when they were quite a bit older. Um, I just like it to be really applicable and real. I liked whenever people try to add questions at the end of a reading or a devotional, I don't like it when they're kind of forced questions or when they're just regurgitating questions. I like when they, you know, kind of make you think and, um, and just, a lot of times I skip them if I think they're not really that helpful, but um, I don't know. I guess those are my two biggest qualifiers. Obviously, the content being good. A lot of devotionals I don't like because they just tend to be kind of surfacey and just a lot of them are written for school kids. And so they deal with a lot of topics that I wouldn't be encountering really in homeschooling. And so I usually don't do a lot of those just because they don't seem as relevant to where we're at in homeschooling. So. And well, when do you, just so people know, uh, what, how, when during the school day do you do, do your, the kids' devotions? We start with it. Um, just because if I don't, it tends to get crowded out um, mm -hmm. as things take longer or we get off track or somebody needs an attitude adjustment. It just seems to get lost and it just sets the tone kind of for our day to start with that. Um, and I just, I just like doing it first so that it doesn't get squeezed out. Yeah. Well, one of the things I was thinking, someone mentioned like, Oh, we've been recently just watching Billy Graham, you know, sermons in the morning, like part of one or whatever and saying that's what they've been doing. Is there anything, do you think that you can do? <laughs> Like if you do devotions, yeah. can you do it wrong? You know, um, is there anything that you think that wouldn't be good? You know what I mean? Oh, I think she froze. I was like, for example, um, like one thing that you talked a lot no, about you know, was, like oh, hold on. You're going to have to wait a second here. You're cutting in and out. Okay. Can you, are you there? Me or dad? No, you were you. cutting out. All right, go ahead. Oh, uh, I just was going to say, if your kids are crying and hate when you open it to read, then that's probably a good sign that it's not really working. Um, I forgot to mention there's an app called Keys for Kids that we used one year. And that was as, about as open as go as you can get. You just open the app and it had the devotional for that day. So that's another option. Mm -hmm. But um I mean, I, I, I like it when I can tell the kids are engaged or not. So, you know, if, if everyone's kind of like not enjoying it, then move on. But you, you also don't have, I mean, super high, uh, or unrealistic standards where you think, oh man, they've got to just be sitting on the edge of their seats. Sometimes there is, you're just reading to them and you just do that and you just finish up and then you move on. Yeah. yeah. And you may, I wonder, like, I feel like also like, like there were times where, you know, mom would be reading something and we'd be sitting there drawing on a piece of paper or whatever. And it looks like maybe they're not paying attention, but that does not necessarily, that might actually be mean they are paying attention, you know? Uh, so those, those signs yeah. are, you know, yeah. 
I know that definitely was different for each of us in our right. family. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I let my kids, um, sometimes they do practice their handwriting while I'm reading. Uh, not always during Bible, but sometimes. Enough. What? Said I didn't do that enough, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yours is illegible. Um, it's gotten better. <laughs> and sometimes I'll even just let them play with something little at their desk, you know, so. They can well, still, they almost listen better when they're doing something right. like that. Well, Donald Trump is getting ready to step onto the platform. So how about the last question or last uh, thought here? Um, you know, what would you tell the mom who's struggling right now with devotion time? You know, just and she's finding herself maybe skipping it every day because she can't find anything good. What would you just say, you know, parting words to that mom? Uh, just ask around. I, I, I just think word of mouth is a great way to find out what's working for other people. If, if you're, uh, if you're not liking something that is in your curriculum, don't be bound to it. Just find something else. Try one of the things I've mentioned today or, um, yeah, just mm -hmm. keep trying something else till you find what works. Okay. Well, uh, as always, um, and I was thinking maybe we should, uh, take your list that you wrote down and we could post that so other moms could see it. And if you look at our post yesterday, there were lots of moms, I think over 30 moms who gave some ideas, some of the same ones that you mentioned. Um, but uh, I want to just thank you again, mom, for doing what you do. I know it's not easy. It'd be a lot easier to have somebody else do your schooling. It'd be a lot easier to put them on a bus and send them away. Um, it'd be a lot easier just to not. Um, but don't give up, keep doing it, and don't forget to smile. Thanks for listening to another episode. Hopefully some of the suggestions that were mentioned helped you this year, or at least encouraged you. If you need more weekly encouragement, head on over to our website and sign up for a short and weekly email. I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Go check out the new demo for version 4.0 over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.